Saquon Barkley didn't get a long-term deal, but he is going to show up to Giants training camp. The latest on the Giants star plus more on the running back position and training camp storylines that we'll be following for the next five weeks. You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi again, everyone, and welcome in to Locked On NFL. I'm James Rapine. He is Tony Wiggins. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, follow wherever you get your podcasts. And today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And Tony, the running back position has been devalued a lot. I think that's certainly fair to say. And it's been a hot topic in recent weeks, given what happened to Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs franchise tagged. But Barkley renegotiates his deal a bit on the franchise tag has a chance to make over $11 million this season. Now just over 11 million bucks with incentives, which reportedly include a team incentive with the giants making the playoffs, which is uh, something they were able to do last year. But I, I think it's still a, a lot to ask. I don't think this solves the running back problem by any stretch because he still doesn't get the long-term deal and can't get the long-term deal that he desired at the same time. It sounds like Barkley at least happy enough to show up to camp. Yeah. So what was the it, it, right offhand? Just was it what was the franchise number? Just over 10 million. So it's so not he, it's not much different. It's not much. So he, made, so he made an extra million dollars. What if I told you he knew he was coming to camp anyway because he was not going to miss out on that 10 million dollars, that it's not yeah. it's not a binary issue that you can make a point about the salary cap, about the devaluing of running backs. But then also, while you're making that point, decide well, I'm not going to miss out on $10 million trying to make the point that I need more money and I'm going to go ahead and come in. But what I'll do is I'll say out of good faith, throw me an extra million dollars and then another million dollars and in, in, in reasonable incentives that I can make and I'll come in, but I'll still say that it's just not right. I mean, if he knew he was coming in regardless, I don't see anything wrong with him getting a potentially $2 million boost in his pay. Although I know the bigger issue is, but if you're going to hold out and you're going to hold out, you need to do it. Okay, so Jonathan Taylor, you get the chance to do that if that's what you want to do. Don't don't buckle and don't bend like Saquon did if that's what you think he did. Uh, I, I don't get people thinking that this is going to set them back any further than they were set back yesterday when the owners are probably not going to do anything anyway to to change the structure and the way things are. Uh, with these running backs. And James Rapine just disappeared. So I am now him now. And he needs to come back into the show. So I'm just going to sit here and act like we're doing a blooper real quick because that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I have turned into James Rapine, <clears throat> just in case you all don't know. And uh, we're talking about these running backs, though. It just doesn't make it. There you go. You came back. Sorry about that. Yeah. You hey, came back. I, I, 
I you, came you back. You're going to cut that out or you're going to leave it in or, or whatever. That's a, It's fine with me because I just kept talking and acting like a little blooper here, but that's fine. <laughs> I, I heard you. No, you, you ad-libbed on the fly. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it doesn't solve a dang thing, but I think you're right. I think he made the decision to play. And the interesting thing about this to me is that this new deal does not include a no tag clause for next year. So let's say he plays at a really high level. They could tag him again. And would it be elite running back money? Of course it would, but maybe they don't want to commit long-term to elite running back money. And so that part, I still think there's a dilemma and Ian Rappaport on Tuesday reporting that Jonathan Taylor unhappy with the fact that he hasn't gotten a long-term deal with the Colts and Josh Jacobs, obviously not at Raiders camp, Taylor not expected to report to, to Colts camp, at least initially, and isn't there. So the, the running back wheel continues to turn and it, it's tough because I, I think Saquon Barkley is a difference maker for the giants Yeah, more so than Josh Jacobs with the Raiders. I, I wouldn't say that about Jonathan Taylor. I think he's a difference maker, certainly when he's out there. So there are running backs that can be game changers. I just think teams are leery of paying big money and not getting the return on their investment. And so that's the part that's really tough because some of these running back Derrick Henry worth it. Nick Chubb worth it. Christian McCaffrey when he's out there, obviously I, I think he's the most dynamic back in the game. So they can be difference makers. It's just, these teams are really leery and I, I don't, I don't really know the answer and I'm not sure if there is an answer, Tony. I, I know some have said, Oh, well you can th- take it out of this pot or you could re- renegotiate and play running backs have incentives. And di- I, you know, we could go a bunch of different ways with this. But I, I just think this is where the market is for running backs. It could change in the future because markets have ebbs and flows. It's just like interest rates and houses and all of those things. Right now the market's down, and I, I don't really know how it comes back unless running backs can just show that they're complete difference makers and be able to stay on the field throughout a long-term deal. Okay, so let's let's break this down because there are different things that we're – I think people are compounding different – arguments all right and different points and different talking points the running back market actually did it was we were here before when you we were talking about the every down runner so what happened is guys made themselves airbacks the alvin kamars the girlies the cmcs as you you mentioned those guys became what they call okay they're not traditional they do a whole bunch of stuff they catch the ball they line up in the slot they they run jet sweeps and so you start seeing all of these dudes that were cloning LaDainian Tomlinson in his production, right? Mm-hmm. And trying to do that. So then they got paid. All those guys got paid. Gurley got hurt. CMC didn't have a lot of success. The team didn't win with him getting all that money. And Alvin Kamara, you know, has been kind of up and down and had some stuff off the field or whatever. So so now teams are starting to rethink and say, and then when Zeke got paid and did not continue to play at that high level, then people were saying, we're not going to do this. So, We've been here before, but here's one of the things that I want to point out. You're right. There are just guys who are difference makers, but this is where having representation and and presentation is really important because I saw an argument yesterday and I can't remember who made it that said running backs feel like they need more money because they take a whole bunch more risks and their careers are shorter, which is exactly why owners don't want to pay you a second time. Yep. Yep. It's just like so we have to be more nuanced. This is where you need somebody speaking for you on your behalf. Would you pay premium money for a car if it was only going to last four years? No, 
No. And maybe a year or two, let's say six years, and you'd pay premium money for for you'd lease it for four years and then buy it at top dollar for four more. Because the lease is the rookie deal, and a lot of rookie deals are uh, normal and reasonable, unless you're talking about Bijan Robinson's, who, which is top of the running back. Market that's exactly money. that's exactly the point. You know that, that you know those questions are hard to answer, especially when you're trying to equate them to. Uh, running backs in the life uh, expectancy, if you will, in the NFL or the career life of a football player. I think running backs come and go faster than anyone else because of the nature of the business and because of the pounding that they take. Right. And they do They take that pounding in space when people get a running start, not like a lineman that engages right away. And I get that and I understand it. And I think running backs are important. So here's where we talk about the other side of this argument that people seem to get wrong. They're not devalued because they're not important. They're devalued because they can't stay healthy because mm-hmm. a team that doesn't have a running back that can't pass protect is going to get a quarterback killed. A team that doesn't have a running back that can get three and a half yards on third and three when you need them late in the game. Doug Peterson even says here in Jacksonville, you pass the score, but you run to win, Right. You have to be able to at some point when teams are teeing off and those pass rushers are coming upfield, have somebody that can take that ball on one drive for eight carries and stick it right down their throat and have the ability to make people miss. So the Saquon Barkley's of the world, yeah, they do have uh, a little bit of a different thing than another productive running back that uh, doesn't keep the defensive coordinators up all night thinking about how to stop them. It's, it's not all the same. Up next – We'll continue with big training camp storylines, the biggest outside of the running back position. What else will we be talking about? Let's discuss that next right here on Locked On NFL. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is here for you. And sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, Anything else, therapy can help you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate the ups and downs of life so you can move forward with confidence, with excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. And that's why if you're thinking about trying therapy, BetterHelp is the way to go. Because if you you start therapy with BetterHelp, you're talking about going completely online convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, which is a very simple process. You'll get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Therapy can be your map with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. All right, rolling along here, segment two on Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. Talking Saquon Barkley and agreeing agree to show up um, and come to a deal with the New York Giants. There's a lot of other stuff going on in training camp, and we're going to get to some of that here today. I don't know about you, James. Um, it, it, let's, let's, let's ponder this for a minute. You guys up in Cincinnati went through a long time where you weren't winning, and now – you the last two or three years, there's been this expectation of winning. Here in Jacksonville, we went a long time without winning, and then a little bit longer without winning. 
And now it finally feels good to know that we have different expectations. Does it feel differently to you covering the team um, when you can cover a team that fans expect to win? Because this is new to me. So I just want to know how it feels to you as a guy who's done this multiple years. Which is wild to say when you you think of it that way. But yeah, it is. It it is. It's different. And it's it's different because there's just more eyeballs on everything you do. And Mm -hmm. and that's a good thing. I love it. But you're busier. There's certainly more storylines. There's certainly uh, more talk about it. I mean, there were plenty of years where the Bengals were never even on SportsCenter, even when they were pretty good. Right. In the, the early 2010s, they were pretty good, but they're never making the ESPN, uh, you know, top anything or making Sports Center in the morning. And, and they were on on Tuesday. I think they'll be on throughout camp. And so, yeah, I think one of the storylines could certainly be this AFC North division. I, I've said it's the best division in football. Uh, I've seen some projections this week where uh, all of the teams in the division end up with a winning record. I think that's hard to do. I also think it could happen because they're talented. So that's certainly one of the storylines I'll be following along with. And just by the way, the, the Bengals, they're trying to win their third straight division title. No one's done that in the AFC North. And this one would, to me, be the most difficult given the, the level of competition in this division. So we'll see there. Uh, I, I think your team is certainly one that, that I'll be following along with. Uh, the playing in that worst division in football as I, I've deemed it, that, that AFC South, right. I think they should dominate, Tell I think they should t- dominate and, and win that division by multiple games. Well, uh, I'm not going to argue with you because I think they should too. And so, so do the fans. And I asked that question because of this. In the past, even when the Jaguars were bad and everybody knew it, the fans were still enthusiastic because of this, this hope that they would see something a little bit differently than they saw the, the season before. This does feel a little bit different, though, because now I almost get the sense of the fans have this optimism and they don't want anything to ruin it. You know what I mean? They don't. It's almost like they have a fear factor as opposed to not having huge expectations, but just being glad to see your team back on the field and looking for a baby step to move forward. They're now saying, all right. Let's not mess this up now. Let's make sure that everything, you know, they, they're sitting there. The day that somebody goes down with a high ankle sprain, it's going to feel like, you know, somebody at, let air out of a hot hot balloon. You know what I mean? And it's going to start sinking. So the thing is, there's a lot of different things going on when you're used to winning and a lot of different things that go on when you're not used to winning. But one thing that's common amongst all of those fans, whether or not they win or lose, is at this point in the year, they're all enthusiastic. I tell folks every year, one of the things that I warn people about with training camp, other than looking at your own team, practice against each other and seeing great things happen and thinking that they're going to be great because, oh, well, if they have a joint practice, that other team has about 10. If the other team's 10 players walk around that corner, you're going to realize just how good everybody in the NFL really are. So you have to sort of temper your expectations. And the, the advice that I would give fans for, for training day, our fans here on Lock on NFL, when you look at your fan or your team is just let it happen. Let whatever's going to happen, happen. If you see your first round draft pick struggling in practice, don't worry. That's like watching Chris Brown or somebody practice in the rehearsals for their root, their dance routines. They're going to make mistakes. That does not mean, mm-hmm. Did you because one of the storylines is going to be the Jets, and we're going to talk about the biggest storylines. I'm going to get you to freestyle what you think the biggest storylines nationally will be. But the point that I'm making is 
Aaron Rodgers throws a ball the other day. Sauce Gardner knocks it down. Okay, that's a Hall mm -hmm. of Famer throwing in an all-pro level player, young player knocking the ball down in an attempt for a really good wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. Did you see how many people panicked and all of a sudden act like Aaron Rodgers can't throw anymore? It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. I, it And I think that is the biggest storyline. Yeah. Because if Aaron Rodgers is is the – if Aaron Rodgers is MVP Aaron Rodgers, the Jets are an AFC contender. That's right. And some aren't willing to wrap their head around that because it's the Jets, because it's New York, because the, all this hype and the hype machine could fail. And I get all that. I do. I understand it. But if he is, you're talking about an elite quarterback with Garrett Wilson, with Brees Hall coming back, with that guy you, you just mentioned, Sauce Gardner, with, with a defensive mm -hmm. line that is as tough as the Jets. I get they have offensive line questions. But if Rodgers is elite still – Buckle up because they're going to be really, really good. Obviously, they added some some other pieces. Alan Lazard included this offseason. So I that's think, our number uh, one. That's our first I, I, one. I we, think by we, far we, it's the number one. We didn't talk about it, it, it but is. it is. It's the number it is, one. but we're going to get to it in segment three here. But that's you just said it. And sometimes when you tease things, it's good to go ahead and tell people exactly what you're going to say so they can be compelled to come back and listen. But you just said it. That's number one. That is the number one storyline, in my opinion in the entire National Football League. I'm going to tell everybody at the top of the third segment what I believe number two is. It also involves that position, but it's just not on the East Coast. All right, Tone. What, uh, what do you got for me? What's your number two storyline? Biggest storylines – in my opinion, involving anybody other than Aaron Rodgers will be for another contender out west in San Francisco, but it does involve the quarterback position. Who's going to play? Mm. Who's going to play quarterback? Mm. Is it going to be the dude they gave up 7,800 draft picks for in Trey Lance, or is it going to be the dude they fell in love with that got hurt last year and might not be ready for training camp, and I don't think he's going to be ready at the beginning of the year? Who's going to be the quarterback, and can Kyle Shanahan continue to find a way to play call and scheme his way to a divisional championship and subsequently a high uh, seed in the playoffs. Yeah. I. What if it's Sam Darnold? See, you just threw somebody else in there. Well, I, I'm just saying, what if it is? What but that's the Sam point. If, that, that's that's what, it. What the biggest storyline is who's, who's quarterback in the 49ers, one of the best teams in the league. No doubt. No doubt about it. And has yeah. any team that, been that, having – That's why – Honestly, this is why if I was San Francisco, I would have went all in on Lamar. And maybe they did. I, I think that that's interesting. Like, maybe they did. Maybe they were trying, and it was just too hard money-wise. I, I would have tried to to get the guy. Because as, as good as Brock Purdy was last year, I'm not all the way in yet, and he's coming off of an injury. Like, that's tough. That's tough to ask a seventh-rounder to not only do what he did last year, but continue it this season coming off of an injury. Trey Lance – just the buzz, it does not sound good. We'll see. Maybe he surprises. But I, I kind of think that the ship has almost already sailed, whether that's mm. fair or not for him, which which talks about the landing spot mattering so much. And it's why I mentioned Sam Darnold, because I, I think that there's at least a chance. There's at least a chance. And that 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 is uh, that says as much about Trey Lance, I think, as it does Sam Darnold. Because the moment Brock Purdy got hurt, Trey Lance should have ran away with that job. And the mm -hmm. fact that it's still up for debate right now, that 
that, that's scary. Honestly, Purdy never should have gotten on the field, right? I mean, right. from a, a play standpoint, not a health standpoint, from a play standpoint. But Lance didn't impress enough, and then Purdy did exactly what he was asked to do. Obviously, the Jimmy G injury, all of those things. So we will see. But that is a huge, huge storyline. Let me give you another one because it involves quarterbacks, and I, I think the, the world must just uh, revolve around them because I go to Miami, and I wonder if Tua Tungavailoa can stay healthy. Because if he can stay healthy, that team is so fast and, and athletic. And you have a guy in Mike McDaniel who is going to be able to scheme up so many different things. They obviously added Jalen Ramsey on the back end and defensively. I really like their talent. And if Tua can stay healthy, they are a, a legitimate contender. They have so many weapons around him that we always talk about. I talked about this yesterday on my pod, year three. Year three is the year that everyone either goes, okay, or nah, you know what I mean? Like, nah, this ain't it. Like, so Tua has had his year three, but, you know, he missed so much time. This is almost like his year three, in my opinion. Um, he, it's it's going to be this season along, he, he's in the same boat as Dak Prescott. I think they've added enough around them now. And even though it's for different reasons, Tua is because can he stay healthy. Dak Prescott is because, okay, we keep making excuses for Dak to get us to that next level, right? And we look at his stats, mm-hmm. but then we look at him in big games and he sort of falls off. This is the time where it's put up a shut-up time, in my opinion, for for both of those guys because if we take all of the quarterbacks off of every team in the league, Miami and Dallas, they do have two of the top eight rosters in the NFL, in my opinion, from a talent perspective. So now you're asking the quarterback to just lift them up. Let me go get another one real quick. What is Jimmy yeah. G? What is Jimmy G going to do in Oakland? And how much of whatever he does or doesn't do will affect the way that that franchise feels about head coach Josh McDaniels? Uh, you talk about hot seat. That seat gets really hot if Jimmy G can't go in there. And, and I think he can, by the way. I, I think it's a matter of preference. I think Derek Carr is one of the most underrated players in the league right now and in, has in, just been slept on. And the same thing goes with Jimmy Garoppolo. We know when he stays healthy, and health is the issue, that he can be a competent quarterback. And so I think if McDaniels can take a step forward, and that offense should be good, even with a disgruntled Josh Jacobs, that offense should be talented and and make plays. They don't have Darren Waller this year, but I, I think that they the writing was on the wall there a bit. We'll see. But if Jimmy G can stay healthy and deliver, I think Josh McDaniels could look like a genius. He could also look like a big idiot if they're only – four or five wins and we're, we're in mid December. So it's a, it's a tough spot there. And there's a lot of pressure on McDaniels, I think, and and pressure on ownership for McDaniels to be the right guy. These quarterbacks like Jimmy G and Kirk cousins, and you even mentioned Purdy to a little bit, Gardner Minshew almost ended up this way. And what I mean is in poker, there's this thing. You never play a bad hand. Even if nobody raises the blind, even if you've already put your money in, just go ahead and fold it because you know what's going to happen. You got two seven off suit. It doesn't cost you anything to to go see the next three cards. And all of a sudden you get a seven or four and a, and a six or something like that. So now you have high pair. You never play a bad hand because you know, what will come. Something will come on the turn that'll give somebody a straight and you'll get caught betting your money. And that's exactly what happens with these quarterbacks. They get a chance to play, and all of a sudden, because they are better than you ever expected, and the result that you get is pretty good, what ends up happening is now you think you can sit at the final table with the big dogs, and what happens? 
you get punched in your mouth and you waste time. And that's what this is. Sometimes in the NFL with guys, you waste money and you mess up your salary cap. There's other times that you waste time. And I'm going to give you an example of that is when you're sitting there thinking that, okay, this guy's good enough for us to win. And you have a draft pick and a guy that is all world is sitting there. You go, nah, we're going to go ahead and roll with this dude. We okay. We can just build around him. And then that other guy turns out to be great. Patrick Mahomes is one of them, right? Yep. The teams thought that they had a quarterback, and they didn't, Jacksonville. And then all of a sudden, the Michael Jordan of the NFL or the LeBron James of the NFL is in Kansas City, and now you're trying to beat him for the next 15 years. All because yep. you invested and you said that you were going to go with that dude that you already had on your team. That's what yeah. Jimmy G is to me. He's one of those guys. Like, okay, we can win with him, but, uh, you know. The 49ers mm -hmm. did the right thing a couple of years ago when they tried to get the real talented guy. I just think that they picked the wrong player and they traded too much to get him. Yeah. Yeah, they did trade too much to get him. And I think there was mixed feelings in the building. And, and if you make a wager like that, everybody has to be all in. Mm -hmm. And if you're not all in, then it's ugh, it's rough and it's it's tough to, to overcome. And we've seen that. So it's normally yeah. fireable. It's normally fireable. But you know why you can't fire them? Because they kept winning. And it but in spite of that, they kept winning and ended up in championship games and probably had the best team. But as you saw, didn't mean a hill of beans, did it? Because when you need a quarterback, you don't have one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think we've hit on a lot of the big ones. I, I think the Lions, by the way, might be a little overrated now. Mm. As weird as it is, they're everyone's like sneaky pick. And they might still win that division. I don't think that division's that great. We'll see how Jordan Love plays in Green Bay. Uh, outside of that, I think it is a lot of quarterback-driven storylines. Can Geno Smith double down and do it again this year? I, I think that's a big one. How will Anthony Richardson play in Indianapolis? That's a big one. All, all of these rookies, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. The good news tone is we're about to get the answer. We are. We're close. You see that smile that's been on my face the whole time? I haven't been able to get rid of it. And the reason why is because it's almost time for the NFL to start. For James Rapine, Tony Wiggins, Locked On NFL will be here every single day leading up to and through the NFL season. So make sure you check it out every single day, wherever you get your podcast. We're free on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, hit the like button, hit the bell button. And wherever you get your podcast every single day, tap in so you don't miss an episode. For James Rapine, Tony Wiggins here on a Wednesday on Locked On NFL. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.